Welcome to Democracy Speaks. I'm your host, Cindy Black. On today's program, I'll be talking with Diane Turner and Ann Miller from Meaningful Movies Project, which is a nonprofit organization that assists neighborhoods, groups, and individuals organize, educate, and advocate using the power of social justice documentary film and relevant conversation to build positive and meaningful community. Diane Turner is the volunteer executive director of Meaningful Movies and has been a film committee member with the Wallingford Group, previously known as Friday Night at the Meaningful Movies, since its beginning in 2003. In 2017, she assumed the role of executive director and board chair of the Meaningful Movies Project upon the death of her husband, Rick Turner, who is the creator and visionary of MMP. Ann Miller is the current manager of Meaningful Movies and volunteer with the Mount Baker Meaningful Movies. She's an educator, activist, and mother, and a founding member of the South Seattle Climate Action Network and a board member for Washington Women for Climate Action Now. Before coming to the Meaningful Movies Project, Anne was a Peace Corps teacher at a vocational school in the Solomon Islands, a second grade teacher in the Kent School District, and a teacher librarian in the Seattle School District. Welcome to the program, Diane and Anne, and thank you for being here today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Um, before we get into some more details about the Meaningful Movies Project, I want to talk a little bit about both of you and what motivated you to get involved with a project like this. Uh, Diane, let's start with you. Well, I was never an activist prior to 2002. Um, that was shortly after 9-11, and there was a lot of talk about an impending war with Iraq and Afghanistan. And there's also some rumor about a, um, the draft being reinstituted. And Rick and I had a son who was of draft age. I had four older brothers who were of draft age during the Vietnam War era. And I remember the anxiety in the household about that. And I thought, we thought, Rick and I, that we did not want our son to be drafted. So that was our moment of awakening. Um, and then on New Year's Day, 2003, we read in the newspaper about a peace march happening in Ballard, and so we decided to go. And it was the first march we'd ever been on. And it was there that somebody handed us a flyer about Wallingford Neighbors for Peace. We'd never heard of the group, we lived in Wallingford. We started attending their meetings, and there was a woman there by the name of Ellie Rose who suggested that we needed to educate ourselves, those of us that were there, about the issues of the day, historical and current issues. So she's the one that started showing films and after she did that for about a dozen, 15 times, um, she said she didn't have any more time to do it. So at that point, my husband and I, who had become quite enamored with this thing, watching films together in community and having a discussion afterwards, um, Rick decided he wanted to take it on and keep it going. So that's how we got involved. Great story. That is a good story. How about you, Anne? How did you get involved in activism and ultimately coming to the Meaningful Movies Project? Well, I grew up as a Quaker, and I went to the University Friends Meeting House in the U District, and um, social justice was a big part of the conversation. There were many activists that were part of that community working in the peace movement and on issues such as prison reform, and so I grew up admiring people who were willing to protest and willing to show up and stand up and speak up for justice. And then as an adult, I worked as a teacher and librarian, 
um, in the Kent School District, as you mentioned, the Peace Corps and the Seattle School District. And um, working with students really made me feel that I had to do something to try and, and make the world a better place for them and to support them and to help them understand um, both the historical roots of injustice and also how, how they could act to try and create justice in the world themselves. Um, I had two daughters of my own, and I, again, wanted them to live in a peaceful world where people you know, take care of each other and where we have clean air and clean water and food that's safe to eat and wilderness left to explore. I want that for my kids, but I want it for all children. And so um, all of that you know, was part of the way that I felt. But then about five years ago, um, I had some pretty serious health issues. And um, I took a detour. I had a, an opportunity. I took a leave of absence from the Seattle School District, and I had an opportunity to end up going and uh, uh, working as a legislative intern for the Washington Environmental Council. And um, that propelled me into um, a world of uh, climate activism. So at that point in time, um, I ended up starting the South Seattle Climate Action Network, and we wanted to show films about um, issues related to uh, the environment. So I contacted Rick Turner, and um, he was able to kind of walk me through the process of how we could show our first films. And over time, um, one of the things I think that's been really beautiful about that particular venue is that um, we started just showing environmental films, but it became really clear very quickly that we couldn't just show environmental films because all of these issues are interlinked. So if you want to deal with uh, climate change, you really can't do it until you start to address issues around our transportation. Um, and, uh, you know, if we, if you started any... Or democracy. Or democracy, <laughs> or starting in any particular issue that we care about, whether it's homelessness mm -hmm. or whether it's affordable housing or whether it's prison reform, to really deal with climate change, we're going to have to deal with the root causes that you know bring about all of those other issues. So that was an important um, part of the learning for the South Seattle Climate Action Network uh, leaders, as well as I think it's been um, really uh, important for our community to have provided um, so many different films on so many different topics. Mm -hmm. So um, then I found out, uh, I guess it was about uh, six months, eight months ago, that there was a, a, a new position at the Meaningful Movies Project, and I thought to myself, that would be the perfect job. And so, because it's something that I feel is so important, you know, we live, we live in an era of social media isolation and political division. And we need to have spaces where people can have conversations about important issues. And so I really am a, a believer in the Meaningful Movies Project as a way to support um, democracy, but also support people learning how to talk to each other and learning how to live together peacefully. And um, part of, you know, I will talk about it, I think, later, but part of the mission is um, to support peace and justice. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really important part of um, my decision to to work for the Meaningful Movies Project. And here you are, right? Great. I want to turn the conversation back to Rick Turner, um, the original founder of the Meaningful Movies Project. As you mentioned, Rick died in late 2016. Diane, um, can you talk a little bit about Rick and how he decided, I mean, you mentioned a little bit about how he decided to start the project, but what kept him going and motivated and um, 
you know, also what keeps you going doing this too, despite that loss in your life, mm. which I'm so sorry about. I knew Rick and wonderful human being. Yeah, thank you. He was a man of many passions and unbounded energy. And the meaningful movies, he just latched onto that. He just thought this was an amazing thing when he saw that people were clamoring to come see these movies. A lot of these movies are very hard to watch. You know, they, they deal with very tough subjects, but they genuinely wanted to learn about them and to discuss them. And I think that's what kept him going was um, he just saw the value in that. And he really did believe that democracy begins at the local level. And you really can't have a doc democracy unless you have an informed citizenry. So we were doing our part, helping to inform people. Um, and they, in turn, inform us as well during the discussion circle. They often, the attendees, oftentimes have some tremendous contribution to the discussion. Rick attended junior and senior high school in Alabama in the mid-60s. Um, yet he was totally unaware of the civil rights movement at the time. He was totally disconnected from it. And when he started learning more about that through the meaningful movies, he was very disappointed in himself. There he was in the thick of things, you know, with George Wallace in Alabama and all that during that time period that he hadn't been awake at that time and paying attention. And so he just devoured every book he could find on race issues and any number of issues. And he was totally convinced that when people come together in community to watch these things, these movies, to, to learn together, have a discussion together, that that was so much more powerful than people watching a movie on Netflix or something else all by themselves. And um, so he, uh, he just kept working at this. And uh, in the beginning, there might have been, you know, 10 or 15 people that came. But over the course of a year or two, we, we started to see regularly 60, 80, 100 people every Friday night coming to see one of these film events. And then after several years, some of these people were coming from far away, Tacoma, Edmonds, Redmond, and they approached Rick and asked him if he would teach them how to do the same thing that we were doing in Wallingford. So he did that. And then he ultimately um, decided that was going well and more and more groups were forming. That's when he decided in early 2012 to actually form the nonprofit, the Meaningful Movies Project as this umbrella organization that would support all these individual groups that were wanting to do uh, the same thing that Wallingford had done. So um, I think by the time he died, we had about 18 active venues. We're now up to 24. And I'm continuing this because I saw, you know, I saw how much value it provided to people. I saw, um, I met amazing people through the years, filmmakers, guests from organizations that we had invited to come and speak about the topic of the film. I, I just felt like I was learning so much and growing so much. I felt so much more empowered as, as a citizen to be able to talk about issues, and I felt much more informed when it came time to vote. So that's um, the main reason I keep doing this after 16 years, going on close to 17 years now. Great. If you're just tuning in, I'm Cindy Black, and you're listening to Democracy Speaks. I am speaking with Diane Turner and Ann Miller from the Meaningful Movies Project. So, uh, Ann, why don't you get into telling us a little bit more about the Meaningful Movies Project structure? 
in how it all works and ultimately what's the mission? Sure. Well, maybe I'll start with the mission. Um, so uh, the mission is to, to show social justice documentary film followed by conversation as a means to support peace and justice. And essentially, we try to provide spaces that allow for more conversations in more places about more important topics. And at this time of social divide, it's easy to blame and denigrate each other rather than try and seek understanding. And we need to form spaces. We need to find spaces where we can have people come together and talk about things that they care about and the problems that we're facing in our communities. So a couple things that you should know. Um, attendance at all of our events is by donation only. So um, the films are free for folks that, that want to come. Um, uh, we also have uh, volunteers that run all of the venues. We don't have um, any paid staff that, that run the specific venues. Um, I'm the first uh, part-time paid employee of the organization. Um, and so uh, each venue is autonomous. They choose their own films. They make their decisions about um, how they're going to uh, coordinate their volunteers, what the location's going to be, um, the selection of the guest speakers, for instance. And the Meaningful Movies Project is the 501c3 nonprofit umbrella organization that supports the venues. Um, we help to provide film ideas, um, including free and lower cost films, which is important for venues that, again, are run by donations only. Mm -hmm. And we have to pay for screening rights. The venues have to pay for screening rights for every film. So we do depend on those donations um, to do so. Um, the Meaningful Movies Project Umbrella Organization also has relationships, long-standing relationships with now um, vendors, with film producers, and with um, filmmakers. Uh, we network with partner organizations hundreds over the last 16 years, um, and we support the connection, the relationships, and the communication that needs to happen between the venues um, as they support each other to try and find out about good films, to find out about um, great speakers, and to learn how to effectively run their events. We also provide training on negotiating fees, for instance, for um, screening licenses, facilitating conversations after the movie, uh, publicity, using the tools on our website and tools that we've created so that the venues can share information again, as I said, between each other about their events and about good films. And also uh, we provide, you know, when new venues come on board, we provide support uh, so that um, we can help them figure out how to actually upload their events, for instance, to the website and how to um, best uh, use the tools that we've provided. Great, great. And obviously chapters are a big part of the program. You started with one, and now you're up to 24. So is there a plan to expand into more communities, and how does a chapter start? What's the process of that? Well, so far it's been essentially by word of mouth. Um, we haven't had the resources to do a lot of outreach to communities, but people will somehow find out about us, and so they will contact us through the website, and at that point, I will um, call them and provide more information about what all is involved in becoming a Meaningful Movies venue. The requirements are pretty minimal. Um, they're only, you have to show a social justice-themed film, mm -hmm. you have to get screening rights for it, and you have to have a community discussion after the film, and that's it. 
So it can be shown pretty much any venue that you can show a film in pretty much. It doesn't have to be a theater, so Correct. to speak. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I, I'm estimating probably about 50% of our venues are in churches, mm-hmm. all variety of churches, from Unitarian to, to Catholic to Presbyterian. And then there's several that are in theaters. And then we have one that's in a library, one that's at a, a couple of them are in community centers. Um, There's a cafe. So we also actually have one at the the newest or one of our newer venues in the Skagit Valley uh, Food Co-op. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I know that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it really is up to the individual um, volunteer group to decide what venue do they want to try to hold these events in. And they usually get the venue for free, or do they usually have to pay for the venue? There are a couple that have to pay, mm-hmm. yeah. And so that that is a little bit of a hindrance because, like Ann said, we rely on donations. Um, and when you're having to pay, you know, 100 or 200 for the venue for that evening, that really is a is a strain on the budget mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. for this volunteer group. But um, sometimes they do so, though, and I think yeah. you know quite well. So uh, yeah, so they possible. are managing to get by, yeah. even if they have some fees for yes. the venue. They're managing yeah. to raise enough money to keep it going. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now that uh, we have Anne on board, uh, we're still trying to do some foundational work. Um, but uh, one of the key things that she's going to be focusing on is reaching out to communities that don't know anything about us. Um, a lot of our venues, most of them are in Western Washington. We'd love to venture into Eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. And we've made contacts with a couple of folks who have contacts in Eastern Washington. And so we're, um, we're hoping to see next year, maybe some of those come to fruition. Yeah, um, you, you mentioned you have 24 chapters, right? Right. Yeah, at this point, yeah. We have 23 so, of them here in Western Washington uh-huh. and, and one in Santa Barbara, California. That's I was going to mention that you have one now outside the state of Washington. Yeah. He yeah. used to live here, the guy that's um, organizing that one. He used to live here, and now that he's moved to Santa Barbara, he's decided he wants to do his own there. And uh, so, yeah, so it'll be really fun to see how that one develops. Great. I think we de- we deserve a trip down to Santa yes. Barbara, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> to check them out. Yes. <laughs> We definitely been, have to go um, visit them. We've been talking to individuals in, uh, you know, even in Seattle. Um, we already have, I think, six venues in Seattle right now, but um, new venues potentially in Finney Ridge area, Capitol Hill, Columbia City, and then outside of Seattle, uh, you know, there have been individuals who have contacted us about starting venues in Bremerton and on Bainbridge Island, um, and then in eastern Washington, as Diane mentioned, um, uh, there's folks who have contacted us about potentially starting venues in Spokane, the Tri-Cities, and in OMEC. That's great. So there's several on the horizon as well. Yeah. And I, I did want to mention yeah, that please. there's a ton of information on the website. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is interested in forming, possibly forming a venue of their own, there's a lot of information that they can read through to get a first indication about what's involved. And then at that point, um, that's when they can contact me via the website, and then we can have a phone call and talk about more details. But there really is a ton of information. My husband was a 
prolific writer, and there, there's lots of checklists and uh, process information and stuff like that. So um, they'll, they'll have a big head start if they just want to read some of the information on the Great. website. And that's MeaningfulMovies.org. Correct. Yes. So, yeah, if you want to find out more about some of that chapter stuff, you can definitely visit right, the website. Right. So um, with the chapters now, tell us a little bit about who who's the typical people that are running these chapters. What are, what are these folks look like, you know, and act like? Who, who are they? So I would say that, you know, oftentimes an individual or a group has a particular interest um, that they're really concerned about and they want to show films. And so that's why they first get interested. So um, whether it's a group that's concerned about democracy issues uh, and they're they're worried about what's happening um, with that or whether it's somebody who's concerned about environmental issues or um, whether it's, you know, because of our homeless problem that we have in in Seattle and elsewhere, people feel passionate and they want to do something and showing a film feels often like something that's possible, something that they know how to do and that they can, um, as a way to educate people in the community about that particular issue. Well, I want to mention that because um, film has been something that people gather around for a long time. and. Having film around a particular social justice topic, whether it be climate change or democracy or money in elections or whatever it is, um, I think you're right about it gives an opportunity for people to come together and really delve into a topic that maybe on the evening news you maybe get 30 seconds of it, where a documentary film you get way more in-depth information. And I think that's lacking in our culture. We don't get that in-depth information about how to be involved and how to solve issues or figure things out. And I. I think the Meaningful Movies offers that as one of the solutions to that. And one of the wonderful things about these events is that oftentimes, and I would say most of the time, um, there's a partner organization that comes to speak about the issue that's being addressed in the film, and there's usually someone who talks about ways to take action. Mm -hmm. So people, instead of feeling like they're isolated and afraid and don't know how to address the topic, they feel like, oh, I can do something. I'm, I'm, you know, I know how to actually go out and try and make this issue better yeah. to try and make things you know make our world better yeah I'm glad you mentioned that because the speakers are often a part of uh, integral part of the film showings is that you have someone local come in and talk about that issue and what's happening locally around it whether it's you know legislation or what people are doing on the ground about it which is very good like you said it gives people more room for action mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, and the filmmakers as well. We are so fortunate in this area. There are a number of wonderful local filmmakers, um, and many of them have been able to come and attend a number of our events, and they have a wealth of information as well because, I mean, obviously they've made this film, and, and so they provide a lot of input. And we've even Skyped with a couple of filmmakers that might live on the East Coast, mm -hmm. for example, and that has worked very well too. Mm -hmm. Having the filmmakers there just is icing on the cake. Uh, the attendees at our events really seem to like it when the, um, when the filmmakers come. Yeah. So we, we do try to encourage them to come if they can. And I would also just add that you know the conversation piece is so important because people need to be able to share their own concerns and fears and worries and share their experience. And so that's part of the value is that um, we are supporting these conversations between people about these issues that are oftentimes really scary. And I think that people sometimes feel isolated and don't know how to even 
think about, don't even want to think about the issue, don't mm-hmm. even want to look at the issue, frankly, because it's it feels too big mm-hmm. and it feels too overwhelming. And our film events allow people to recognize that they're holding these issues together with other people who care. And that's a really big piece. To find other people who care about the issue is something that's really important. It, yeah, you're, you're right, because people gather because they're there to see this, and so you're not alone. It's mm-hmm. sort of showing that you're not alone. Um, can you sp- say a little bit about the conversation piece after the film? How is that structured? How do you usually conduct those? Usually there's a designated person on the film committee who will be the facilitator. And on some of the venues, I think they have one person who plays that, does that role each time. But most of them, they alternate amongst the members of their film committee. And honestly, a lot of them don't, didn't come into this having those facilitation skills. Um, some did, but some didn't, and so that's part of what Meaningful Movies Project has been able to provide is some training. You know, how do you facilitate a good community civil discussion? And our, our uh, discussions are usually in, in a large circle format. Sometimes um, they might be small circles or maybe just, you know, one or two people and then joining the bigger group. Sometimes there are questions provided to the audience in advance. Oftentimes there aren't. Um, and, but there's, in, in the 16 years I've been doing this, I've never seen a time when there's been a lack of people willing to raise their hand and talk. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, as Anne pointed out, spaces for people to talk about issues are very limited. And so th- this provides that space for people to come and talk about issues. So do you have some, like, rules around the discussion to kind of keep it civil? How how does that work? We do, yeah. Um, We came up with a a list of discussion guidelines, and we've provided those to all the venues. Um, And they basically are, they're very simple, things like, you know, be respectful of other people's opinions, um, no calling names, uh, no making fun of people and their comments that they might make, uh, respecting the facilitator, because it's not an easy job facilitating a a conversation. Um, Anything else I'm missing? Just We hope that, of course, people assume good intent. And Mm -hmm. that um, I I think, you know, as, as Diane said, Sometimes it's whole group, sometimes it's small group. Both of those uh, have value. Um, and I, again, I think just having a place where people can speak you know, from their yeah. heart about things that they care about. And we do try to encourage people who don't normally speak up in a group to, to take the opportunity if they want to. Um, and you know, making sure that women get equal airtime as men. And um, sometimes we use the technique of just going person by person around the circle, not just waiting for people to raise their hand. Just kind of give everybody a chance exactly. to say something. Mm-hmm. And, and if somebody doesn't want to talk, they can just say pass. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least they're they're acknowledged and given the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I think that's real important, that kind of setting some boundaries to make it a safe space to talk about issues. Because if it's not safe, people aren't going to come back. I've been to several meaningful movie events as a speaker, as in a, as just a participant, attendee, and I've never seen real. I've never seen discussions where they fall apart or anything. They always seem very productive and interesting, and people have good questions. I I think that is one of the most important pieces of the Meaningful Movies project is that discussion piece. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. And just a little uh, story. I can't even remember what the film was or what the topic was, but I remember during the discussion time, 
some brave person spoke up and said that she was a Republican. <laughs> and because, uh, of course, a lot of our participants, we believe, are more of a, a liberal, the progressive, progressive side. side yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But this person was willing. I guess she saw that this was a safe space to, to speak up. And she mentioned that. And, and people very respectfully listened to her. And then, and then eventually the evening was over. And as the rest of us were cleaning up and everything, she was just inundated with a group of people wanting to talk with her further. And I just thought that was a wonderful sign that, you know, these, these are people that, you know, were, were willing to listen to somebody who had a different, quite a bit different opinion um, in a very respectful way. So I just, um, I thought that was great. I felt really proud of that. Yeah, definitely. You are listening to Democracy Speaks. We'll be right back with more from Diane Turner and Ann Miller about the Meaningful Movies Project after a brief station break. Stay tuned.